Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, you gotta fight for your right! <laughs> From the IMLD Home Studios, in its 11th season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay and Ray. Hello? I can't hear anybody, so I hope I'm not on the air right now. Well, I'm getting word from our one listener that I'm the only one on the air right now, so let's try and get Dre back on the show here so we can get this going. This is, uh, of course, in much less detail, the podcast. We are live, half, or we're, we're half live. It's uh, Saturday night. We're actually doing a Saturday night show. How about that? It's December the 2nd, 2023. I'm Dre. The ghost of Dre is somewhere about. We'll get him on the show here. He says he's trying to connect. I heard him let me into the show, and then he disappeared. So I thought the issue was on my end, and I reconnected back to the show a couple of times, but it turns out I'm the one who's on and we can't hear Dre. So we'll try and get him back here into the show. We've got week 12 to recap. It was another, another crazy week. They're all crazy now. Um, it's been a wild season, crazy games, crazy comebacks, crazy calls. And we're going to go through all the best and the worst and the struggling and as soon as we can get Dre here on the show, uh, we both uh, took the Hello? L. Oh, hey, there you are. Hey, I made it. What What happened? What happened? I'm not sure. It might be completely my fault for starting to use a new microphone. And uh, Hey, what happened? And trying to connect you. And when you didn't hear me before the show started... I panicked. You, I just heard you say that you thought it was a connection issue on your end. I thought it was well, a connection issue on my end. See, what happened was I heard you let me in. Right. And then I but responded you didn't hear to me. you, and you said you couldn't hear me. Right. So then right. I disconnected, and then when I came back, you were just gone. <laughs> so I came back a couple of times and just like, hello? Uh, okay. So I didn't. And then, I, uh, of course, I've got uh, our one loyal listener <laughs> who texts me. <laughs> Your mom. And, and yes, it says that uh, I can be heard, but you can't. So that there you go. So that's our uh, our IT department 
letting I'm us a, know that the issue was on. It sounds like your end as far as not being able to. Be, you could hear me, but nobody could hear you. Yeah, I uh, uh, thank you once again to your mom. We always appreciate her and love her very much. I'm afraid to do this because, but I, I can't. I can't do the show like this. I got the double thing going now because I'm oh. hosting and I'm calling in uh, on the other connection. So I'm hearing myself twice. I'm hearing you twice, and I cannot do the show like that. Um, I'm going to try to go out of the other connection and keep oh. the because last time I oh. did that, did it work? It kept the original for some reason. So here I okay. go. I'm I'm disconnecting myself from the uh, alternative connection to see if the regular connection still holds up. Here we go. We're crossing our fingers. hoping this isn't going to take as long as it seems like. But we can't hear Dre again. Hopefully he'll be back here soon. Yeah, that, that reverb that you get when it's connected certain ways is really terrible because everything you say then gets amplified back to you. So I, I totally understand why I, he wouldn't want to do a whole show that way. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, that, obviously that didn't work. So ah. I'm back on the uh, the other connection, and I'm just hearing double. And I think oh. I'm gonna have to do the show like that because I don't. I'm afraid to try any other way. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Stinks, but it is what it is. All right. The uh, football party after all of that is finally <laughs> back in full effect. The uh, party boys are here on a Saturday night as we normally are, uh, and we're here for you. We are bringing you two hours live to you, recapping week 12 in the NFL, getting you ready for week 13, the rest of week 13, which starts tomorrow. And let's take a look at what happened in week 12 for uh, our Turkey weekend, our Thanksgiving weekend, with the first Black Friday game and all of that good stuff. Hello? Yeah, you're cutting in and out real bad. Yeah, I don't know what to do about that. I'm, I'm on the microphone that I think I'm supposed to be on, but the double connection is clearly interfering, but I'm not, I don't know what to do about that. Uh, all right, week 12, we both finished over 500 for the second week in a row, so progress, we're, we're slowly very slowly trying to inch back up to respectability um i went nine and six you went eight and seven we had another push in there that crazy eagles game uh over the bills uh so that puts me for the season at 88 and 85 and you at 80 and 93 so you're eight games uh, in back of me now uh we were both able to take care of our locks you took care of yours very early thanksgiving weekend on uh, black friday um, and I took care of mine late Sunday night. So I'm at seven locks for the year, and you're at five. And by virtue of winning the week, I would get the honors of giving the honors and the awards for week 12, the best and the worst and the smartest and the dumbest and all that good stuff. Um, how bad am I still breaking up? Not not too bad. Hmm. I'll let you know if it gets bad. Okay. Uh Oof, 
I, this is so difficult. You already described. I, I heard you describing how difficult it is to do a show with double voices in your head. And yeah, I've had to do it. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Uh, so forgive me for being a little uh, discombobulated. Um, I know I'm supposed to be starting off with the best of the week, but I'm so out of it. I'm having trouble remembering what my drop is for best of the week. Oh, it's uh, Pete Weber. Let me, there, there we go. Let me go to Pete. I, I finally re- Who do you think you are? I am. Oh my goodness. That double voice thing is just crazy. All right. My best for week 12. Usually it's uh, I pick a I pick a team or a game or a player, but this time I'm going to pick a play because one throw to me stood out above every other play in Week 12. That Brock Purdy throw to Brandon Ayuk on Turkey Night in Seattle, the eye discipline, uh, exquisite. He looked the defense off to the left just for forever before he finally put that ball with just the right amount of zip and touch on the throw between several defenders, just a fantastic throw, the kind that a championship quarterback has to be able to make. You got to have the trust and the, uh, the chemistry with your receiver and they got it. And whatever criticisms Brock Purdy has been getting for being a system quarterback and, uh, Oh, he wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for uh, Kyle Shanahan and all of that stuff. It might all be true, but it's also true for many other system quarterbacks that happen to be champions, you know, such as Brad Johnson, such as uh, Trent Dilfer, the list goes on and on. Uh, you got to make those throws. Even the, the bad quarterbacks and the quarterbacks that you don't think are very good have to make those throws at some point to win games, to uh, just to engender confidence in your team. Uh, your team has to have the confidence in you that when it's crunch time, that when you need it, you're going to have to do that. He can't do that five times a game. I think we all know that. But eventually it's going to come to a point where he has to to do that, uh, and he did that. So no more Brock Purdy worries as far as I'm concerned. I think we've seen in the games that he's come back since the three-game losing streak that he's back. He's got whatever issues he had worked out. Christian McCaffrey is on fire. The Niners smashed Seattle so hard that Geno Smith is rumored to be possibly benched. Uh, which did not happen this past Thursday, but that's how bad the Niners beat up Seattle uh, on Thanksgiving night was coming out of that. It was like, uh oh, Seattle might have to really do something uh, about the quarterback position because Geno looks like nothing compared to Brock Purdy out there. Uh, but you know, Seattle's tackling was terrible too. That's Geno couldn't do anything about that. But Purdy's eye discipline over on, on the Brandon Ayuk touchdown over all those defenders that that was special. That was absolutely. Incredible 28 yards on a rope that put the game to bed. If anyone was still watching at that point, they could quit because that game was over. So that was the best to me of week 12. That one throw by Brandon Ayuk. That's how special that throw was. Yeah. And, and the Diners, uh, boy, we're not hearing any more of the, the Linsanity run is over for Brock Purdy stuff anymore. Are we? No, we aren't. Like there was three bad weeks in there, which I'm going to say now that we have full hindsight, everything's in our rearview mirror. I'm going to go ahead and say that was the concussion Hmm. because that, that run of poor play that just so happened to coincide with that sneak against Minnesota when he got dumplings and then played terrible from till the end of that game. And then the next two games after that, 
Um, and now that team seems to be completely different. Purdy's rolling. Um, and even up to the point when he got hurt in that game against Minnesota, he was playing just fine. So I'm not going to bag on him because there were people, uh, people were ready to, they, they were writing the eulogy for Brock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's just amazing how, you know, with the ebb and flow of a season, you know, you get a couple of bad games or you go on a little losing streak and all oh, you guys are trash now. Oh, he's terrible. On to the next thing. He needs to, he needs to be watching, watching Tyson Bajant films. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, consequently, those are the only three losses that the Niners have. So they're, do, they're just fine. They, they will be just fine. Don't worry about the 49. Yeah. Uh, so the best of week 12 to you. Uh, the best of week 12 to me is uh, we, we talk about guys who, you know, come back from injuries and, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit to come back from an injury. Uh, apparently Kyron Williams did not get the memo. He's my best of the week. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, he, he was, comes back from injury, uh, completely revitalizes that Rams running a game, catches two touchdown passes from Matthew Stafford as they roll up the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, good bandwagon jump by me there. <laughs> <laughs> got off that Arizona who had given me two straight covers. Uh, got off of that quick. And uh, Matthew Stafford, very happy to get his his starting running back back in route to a 37-14 to 14 victory. Uh, Kyron Williams on the day. 16 totes for 143 yards. That's a 8.9 yard average, and six catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns. That's a two. I believe that's 204, if my math is right. All-purpose yards for Kyron Williams. That is how you come back from injury. The Rams went nuts, huh? They did. <laughs> Lit up the Arizona Cardinals. Kyron Williams, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, they they lost their minds. So. Uh, the, the Rams, I don't know if they're, uh, got any, if, if they have anything planned for the rest of the season, but, uh, that was a very impressive outing by them. And you know what? It's the NFC. They could make a run. Anyone could make a run in the NFC. Yeah. The NFC is uh, so wide open and the bottom of the AFC is not looking so great either. So that, that's also very wide open. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking about some of those teams here, uh, as we keep going through. Absolutely. Uh, from there, the uh, worst of week 12 to me. That Black Friday. Good Lord, what a terrible, terrible game. Uh, this first time event is supposed to be so special for uh, Amazon Prime. I'm sure they yeah. were counting on Aaron Rodgers being there. That wasn't the case. And the Jets didn't belong on the field. Uh, how do you throw a Hail Mary and score six for the opponent? How do you do that? I have never seen anything like that before. You watch enough football, you'll see something new. Yeah. We've been watching for over 40 years, and I don't think you don't have ever seen the opponent catch a Hail Mary and run it all the way out of the end zone for a touchdown the other way. Javon Holland with the INT, jogs back 99. He didn't really even run it back. He jogged back 99 yards because all of the fast Jets players were all down in the end zone. All the receivers went down there for the Hail Mary, and once he went up and caught the ball, they were all behind him just watching, and that left the linemen and the quarterback basically were the only people 
uh, eligible to try to make the tackle on Jamal, and he just danced around all of them and, and ran it back. And so it was like the chariots of fire. He was just running so slow and finally he, gets it all the way back. Well, he looked like somebody who was running it back that wasn't expecting a house call. Right. And then it just starts setting up and linemen are flopping around and, and not getting them. And the Jets receiver you know, Garrett Wilson, uh, they showed how many yards he ran on that play uh, and, and almost got to him. Almost. Almost. Almost got there. Uh, Boyle made a, a horrible tackle attempt towards the end of that play. Uh, got faked out of his shoes. But, yeah, he, he didn't have to run full speed, but still looked like a guy who would have been perfectly willing to just jog out of bounds at any point. It did kind of look like he was waiting for someone to, to take him down and then yeah. to have him. He's like, uh, oh, no one's going to take me down. Oh, okay. It just, just keeps going. I'll keep running. I'll go all the way down. Yeah, the Jets, that was, that was clearly terrible. the worst of the of, of week 12. Tim Boyle was uh, as bad as Zach Wilson. Uh, the, the, the pick six, hey, I mean, but still, it was symbolic. It was just the perfect. Right. It's hard to blame the quarterback for that. I mean, you got it down there. You got it all the way down there, you know, and you don't usually see the defender go for the pick on those. They're, you know, they're, they, they teach you to knock Hold that thing knock down. down. Uh, but he jumped up because we've seen defenders go up for picks on Hail Marys and it doesn't turn out too good because it bounces off their hands. And, you know, next thing you know, there's a third string tight end laying in the end zone with the ball. Uh, yeah, or or they bat the ball into the receipt. Remember that one? Yeah. I think that was, yeah. I forget who that was. I think it was Jacksonville a bunch of years ago where somebody goes up and swats the ball down like you're supposed to, but they swatted it right into a receiver's <laughs> arms and he falls into the end zone. So all the crazy stuff you've seen on, on Hail Marys, which is, you know, by its nature, a crazy play. I mean, there's guys shoving, there's DPI, OPI, there's everything on that play that they'll never call. But we get just a clean pick six on a Hail Mary. So that just was the little cherry on top of the day for the Jets. The Jets are so embarrassing. Uh, and then the Jersey turf is part of the uh, worst of week 12. The, all all mm-hmm. of Black Friday is not just the Jets play. It's the uh, turf up there in the Meadowlands claims another Achilles tendon. Yep. Uh, Miami linebacker Jalen Phillips who's been having a great season. Uh, oh, what's wrong that, What's wrong with grass? I, the, the people who own the stadiums is what's wrong with grass because they don't want to put grass in. Yeah, and they want to have these uh, all-purpose more to venues, apparently. Turf. Yeah. That's all it um, is. Right. So, yeah, another Achilles. Have we seen this many Achilles injuries in one season I, before? I don't remember this many. It seems like it's one every week or every other week, and half of them are at the Meadowlands. Uh, yeah. So the the worst of week twelve to you, boy. Uh, that was an that that I, I I like yours, but I'm going a little different here because it's hard to get best and worst of the week in a three week span. So my best of the week from week eleven is now my worst of the week in. It, it, I'm sorry, in week 10, that was our week 11 show. So my week 10 best of the week now becomes my week 12 worst of the week. Joshua Dobbs, man, what was that? <laughs> that was 
some hideously awful quarterback play at home on Monday night against your Chicago Bears. Uh, four interceptions on the losing side of a 12-10 to 10 game. You want to talk about bad football? You thought that Black Friday game was bad? This was prime time. Everybody got to see a 12-10 Bears win. Now, now we credit to us. I was bear whispering. You had the Bears. Um, I was. We were on the Bears. The Bears, uh, by virtue of uh, winning that game, won my wife her split pot in her survivor pool. Yay. So there was down to the final two, and they just decided to split the pot, which was which was good. And uh, she ended up winning that because uh, the person who had the Vikings got eliminated. I don't know why you would have. I just that that was one of those <laughs> you have a feeling about it kind of games. But it wasn't like the Bears won that game. You have a quarterback that goes out and throws four picks, and they were bad. Though there was that was not athleticism by the Bears' defense uh, making – no, that was just throws right to them in most of the cases. Absolutely horrible night. Josh Dobbs crashes back down. The pass or not crashes back down to earth. He goes full full Skylab in this game. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't want to say the other thing. Um, Challenger. (laughs) We're all thinking Uh, it. Yeah, we're all thinking it. So – wasn't wasn't the best day for Joshua Dobbs. Does throw the one touchdown to get that game close late, sprinkling in four picks along the way and a two-point loss at home for a Vikings team that was surging. Um, makes them look a little questionable now uh, going forward because is, is the shine coming off um, of that team? And uh, to me, that was the worst of the week. That was one tough watch. Oh, I goodness. yeah. I mean, Josh Fields' potential and his shortcomings were all on display in that. Just, game. Justin Justin Fields, you just combined yeah. them. They're so bad. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about Josh Fields, the former Sox player. Uh, yeah, I did combine Josh Dobbs and Justin Fields. Um, but yeah, he uh, he showed everything. I think uh, you saw how good he could be, and you saw how bad. He can be. Uh, he was moving the ball effectively until the red zone, and both him and Dobbs were throwing balls right into defense's hands. Uh, Twitter was just laughing at the endless bear green passes, green airs, green there. Uh, eventually, the Vikings put together a touchdown drive, but Fields uh, rips a nice one to DJ Moore, the game-winning field goal. They won the game. They didn't score a single touchdown, and they still won the game. That's how, that's how bad uh, Dobbs was. He kept throwing the ball to the Bears, and they just kept taking all the gifts. Early Christmas gifts from Josh Dobbs. Yeah, and I'm texting you throughout that game, like, why, why the Bears should be up three touchdowns in right. this game. And they almost lost that game. Could you imagine if they had lost that game? And we might be on the, they might be on the other side of this award. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because if you, I mean, get a, you, you get that many Christmas presents and you can't win, uh, that's not a good look either. That coaching staff is trash anyway. They they need to be thrown out. I'm I'm done with Bieber Flues. I'm you're done with done all with of Getsy. them. Yeah, all of them. Throw them away. I'm I'm through with all of them. Uh, onto my smartest for week twelve, and for this, I'll tip my hat and and compliment the Cowboys DB that's getting all the TDs and running them back, and it's it's not. Devon Diggs' brother. It's it's Deron Bland. He saw the gambling success of Trayvon Diggs and said, ooh, I can do that. 
I can jump out routes. I can undercut bad throws. I can study QB tendencies and anticipate. And as a result, before the month of November had ended, Bland had set the NFL record for pick sixes already. Uh, he got his fifth, fifth pick six on Thanksgiving uh, in that ass whooping of the commanders by the Cowboys. Uh, and I call it the smartest of the week because they're not throwing these picks right to Bland, right? He's anticipating he's jumping the route he's not getting the larry brown gifts thrown right to him by neil o'donnell he's not sitting there just in the middle of the field going oh look at this coming to me he's going to get all these balls and he's making the plays just like uh trayvon diggs was doing uh, I, I guess that's got to be a, a coaching thing that's got to be give the credit to uh dan quinn and his defense you, you get him up front always pressuring, always rushing, always being quick, and uh, you teach your DBs in the back, hey, they're going to get pressure up there. We got this guy, Micah Parsons. He's pretty good. He's going to get a lot of pressure. You go ahead and be aggressive because the quarterback doesn't have time to sit there and take advantage of you being aggressive. You go ahead and jump those balls and, and make those reads and trust your eyes, trust your studying, and that's exactly what Deron Bland has been doing. That is incredible. Five pick sixes and basically two months of football, uh, that's some real good play. It's a real smart play out of Deron Bland. So he's my smartest of week 12. And I'm going to crap all over what you just said. (laughs) Um, No, that's fine. You can't take it away from him. He did it. Uh, But I did some more looking into it because the thing I heard that really got me going, because I was starting to wonder if I wanted to give an award to this, but I didn't, was the people now starting to talk about player of the year. Or is he the MVP? You know, that type oh, no. of stupid talk, right? So I looked into it, and and none, zero, zero of his pick sixes have come with the Cowboys losing or winning by less than eight or ten. Right. So these are all garbage time touchdowns <laughs> against really bad teams. So you can't take it away from him. He's absolutely done it, but... When you do the pick six that puts you up 28 in the fourth, it, 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 okay, you're taking advantage at that point of teams that are really bad. Uh, I think there was one, one where they were up 10 and he put them up 17, which was also against a really bad team. So he, he's not, and then you see him, let's get absolutely torched for the most part on uh, Thursday night, but that's okay. Yeah, DK uh, wore him out. Yeah. So that's great that he's done it. You can't take it away from him. It's a record, but I'm not marveling at it. You know, like I, you know, I'm I'm marveling at this the same way I marveled at Larry Brown in the Super Bowl. No, not the same. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, yeah. Those were actually more meaningful. But they weren't anything he did. He stood no, there. I know. He stood. That, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But he did it. You can't take it away from him. That's why I'm saying. That's where I draw the. That's where I draw the equivalence. It's like, you can't take these away. He's making these plays. He's doing it. But they're just pummeling bad teams, and these teams are in comeback mode, and they suck to begin with, and he's eating off of bad teams. So, yes, what he's doing is great. It's very smart. He's jumping these routes. He's clearly watching film, I guess, or doing something. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing his job. But not one impact pick six out of those five. Not one. All right. So I didn't even crap all over it for you. 
I, I understand your point, uh, but at the same time, I'm waiting for all these other teams to take advantage of these bad teams and get pick sixes off of it because no one no, else seems to be doing. No, that. it's it's great what he's doing. You got to I appreciate what he's doing, and if he's making if he starts making some house calls in big spots or a house call that turns the game around, they're down ten, and he, you know what I mean, and he changes the momentum of the game. But picking off Washington or somebody, you know, when Washington they're losing by three tutties already. Okay, yeah, great, good job, guy. Good job. I'll clap for you. <laughs> I'm not one of those arguing him for MVP, so that wasn't uh, no, part of my yeah, equation at all. Defensive player of the year? No, no, just just stop, <laughs> just stop. Um, You're smart. Just like Trayvon Diggs play. wasn't it either, because right, he was, you know, he he had Marcus Peters syndrome. <laughs> which, which maybe Deron Bland has got some too. <laughs> maybe Dan Quinn coaches him to have it. Maybe. Huh. My, my smartest of the week. Well, maybe Matt Canada was the problem. <laughs> I, you know, it, it was questionable. We we looked at some things. Uh, the, the way that offense wasn't operating, but clearly he was the fall guy. And Pittsburgh's offense. I mean, they didn't score all the points. So it wasn't resulting in points on the board, but Kenny Pickett has his best game of the year. They're efficient in the running game. They get over 150 yards rushing on the day. Kenny Pickett throws for almost 300. Uh, George, Pat, Pat Fryermuth uh, does his best undertaker, comes back from the dead. Uh, Kenny Pickett taking what the defense was giving him. They were leaving the middle wide open all day. Fryermuth has taken advantage of that. Yeah. They're making some plays on the outside to Pickens, and yeah, the Steelers. Maybe it was smart firing Matt Canada. Maybe he was the problem. Couldn't believe it when I was seeing those numbers. Like that team is, is putting up 400 yards of offense for yeah. the Steelers. Um, so, because I can get that out of my way if I can figure out what I'm doing here. Hey, what happened? Yeah, that was, that was my biggest surprise of the week. Oh, was okay. the Steelers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, you know, that that gets everything. That gets to what happened. That, that you know, what the hell's going on? Some Vince Lombardi. That, I had everything I was going to. What the hell's going on out here? Yeah, Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner took over the offense for the Steelers. I don't know who they are, but they. Got it done for one week, 278 in a year for Kenny Smallhands. Not, even Najee Harris got up to 6.6 yards per carry. That Oh, my God. What what in the world happened out there? So, yeah, something got into the Steelers, and that was definitely my biggest surprise. All right. Uh, so that would be what's your uh, dumbest of the week? Oh, boy. You know, But uh, David Tepper, uh, what does he think this is going to accomplish? Fires Frank Reich uh, 11 games into his head coaching tenure under a rookie quarterback. What, what does he think is going to accomplish firing him? What, does he think uh, that Bryce Young's going to get better now from, from doing this? <laughs> I mean, don't, 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 Two possibilities, I believe. One is Tepper is a psycho with no patience who wants to fire anyone who doesn't instantly start winning, which seems to be what the deal is with him. He he, he denies that. 
uh, or two, this was the inevitable outcome after Tepper demanded to draft Bryce Young, number one, and Reich wanted C.J. Stroud, which he also denies. So I I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, all I know is that the coach is fired 11 games into his tenure. It's a coach that we respect in Frank Reich, I believe. Uh, whatever Bryce Young was going to develop into, uh, this doesn't help to me. Just the only head coach he's known in the NFL, and you gave him 11 games to establish something, and you go, okay, we're done. Get out. That's, that's enough of that. Um, that that's, that's pretty dumb to me. Uh, and Young struggled, you know, continues to struggle. He struggled against the Titans. Um, it was reported that Tepper allegedly yelled, fuck, very loudly as he left the locker room, which is the universal sign that the coach should start house hunting and that's exactly what wound up happening afterwards as he gets fired so uh maybe i guess we all should have seen that coming uh with david tepper's track record this would be his fourth fifth different head coach for the panthers since he became the owner and that's a very short amount of time for for that to happen but that, that's just dumb to me i don't know Whatever the situation was between him and Frank Wright, for for it to come to this, where he basically gives him the the Nathaniel Hackett treatment, and now before his first season is even over with, I I think that's just very stupid. Yeah, I'll have a little bit to say about that in a little in in a bit here. So, <laughs> uh, my stupidest of the week, I'm going to stay in the same game that I just talked about, and. Well, I did not expect Deontay Johnson to pull a full Chase Claypool. <laughs> uh, if you, everybody, I mean everybody, because it was everywhere and on the socials, knows the play I'm talking about, where there's a play where apparently he's not going to be involved in it, and he just starts sort of wandering towards the line of scrimmage, not paying any attention to what's going on, completely lollygagging around him. Well, it turns out there's a fumble on the play, and the ball's just rolling around on the turf. Then the guy who picks it up for the Bengals runs pretty much right by him as he's still just standing there doing his uh, Jeff Saturday impersonation. Just, man, <laughs> man, I can't believe I'm in the pros, man. This, I'm living the dream. And it was one of the worst looks that you can have uh, as a player to be that exposed for that low effort. Uh, I get having plays where you take a play off and the throw's not coming your way, but then to have a turnover happen in your vicinity, and then the guy who picks up the ball and the defense is in your area, and, and you have no clue. He was clueless to what was going on around him on that play. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of those things. I don't know how Mike Tomlin polices his team or if he finds his players or what happens, but that is a bad look. Oh! It's amazing that he's still on the team after doing something like that. Because yeah. I would have think Mike Tomlin would be the type to like get to back to the locker room and say, "Okay, you're out of here. I cannot have yeah. this on my team." Because that that's as bad a look as it gets. You're absolutely and, right. Yeah, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens; those receivers have not shown up in a glo- in a glowing way in our awards this year. Uh, no, they haven't. Um, and this one that Deontay did was so amazing that I actually had an award for it as well. Dude. Basically, he pulled a Jay Cutler because they actually played this on Inside the NFL where uh, one time Cutler yeah, was a Miami Dolphin. I remember that. 
yeah, just re- refuse to participate in the play. Just they, they split color out wide in a wildcat. The ball is snapped and color does not move a muscle. Doesn't even attempt to pretend to be part of the play. Now, he, for his part, says he was told to do that by the coaches. Okay, fine. But uh, what Deontay did was harmful to the team because he couldn't get a catch the previous play, so he's pouting. And in third down, you already described it, Jalen Warren fumbles the ball. Deontay isn't blocking, isn't looking, isn't paying the least bit of attention. Yeah. The loose ball is literally rolling around his feet, and he's walking <laughs> away from the play. What the fuck? Dude, what are you doing out there? Yeah. And he's not looking at the action since he recovers. Yeah, he's really lucky the Steelers won the game, or else Tomlin might have banned his ass from getting on the plane. He might have been like, no, <laughs> no. You don't even get to come back with us for that bullshit. That's just terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I, we don't know personally what Tomlin does to players who do, do shit like that, but I think we both have a pretty uh, good clue that, that Deontay Johnson probably did not have a very – Yeah, I, I, I would expect that his effort will be a little better in their next game. It, it better be. <laughs> um, I gave my surprise. So, Jay, in week 12 uh, – I asked you the the magical question. Hey, what happened? Uh, I'm with you on the Frank Reich firing, because that to me was a surprise that not so much that Frank Reich got fired. I mean, every coach gets fired. It's going to happen eventually. But yeah, 11 games into his first season with their number one pick quarterback. Now, just step back a moment. There's a reason why they had the number one pick. It's because last year... (laughs) They sucked, and they sucked yeah. really bad. So you're only going to give Frank Reich a little bit more than half. Like, you saw so much out of Frank. Like, like he's Nathaniel Hackett bad? No. Like, you mm. saw so much out of Frank Reich in 11 games that you were just like, no, to hell with this guy. He, he's a goner. So we're going to pull the plug. Uh, you have now completely stunted the growth of Bryce Young. Not that he's had any, but – it's not going to get any better because he's going to give another coach. You're going to have another, another voice, another vision. That's all going to change for him. No continuity going into year two. And after a year one where he's already looked awful and not, and not really had you know, his, remember we talked about Trevor Lawrence after his rookie yeah. season, not having any highlights. Can you tell, can you think of any Bryce young highlights right, right now? I don't remember the game at all, but, but uh, most of the podcasts that I listen to seem to, you know, football shows like to bring up, not just us, but we like to bring up things that happen earlier in the season as an element of, wow, can you believe so-and-so? Can you believe this? Can you be-? All the podcasts I listen to seem to love to talk about the Houston Texans and the fact that C.J. Stroud lost the number one versus number two battle versus yeah, no. Bryce Young. Yeah, okay. I don't remember how that happened at all. All I know is it was like a 15 to 13 game. It was an awful game. It was like that Bears Vikings Monday night game. You want to take anything away from that? Okay. But that to me is more about the, well, that was CJ Stroud's bad game. Uh, Bryce Young's games are all bad. (laughs) That that they are. And we're turning around and firing the coach 11 games in. I was surprised because I expected, you always expect there to be some turnover in the league and some coaches get fired. I I honestly, that one caught me by surprise. I was not expecting the Panthers 
in year one of a rebuild after being the worst team in the league who are now going to be the worst team in the league probably again, except they don't get the number one pick. No, they don't. Which makes it even worse. Um, they get to ship that off to the Bears. And yeah. Yeah. Just how, how bad can it be? I mean, technically the Bears had the number one pick last year, but the, the, the Panthers weren't any better. Um, don't kid yourselves, folks. They were bad. Um, so, yeah, here they are again, but they're there again for reasons like this, because they have no continuity, and the owner seems like, you know, he, he loses it pretty easy. And it, that is a awful franchise right now. And it, things are not going good, and I, I feel kind of feel bad for those guys. Cause yeah, because it's not going to get any better anytime soon. No. No, no, this isn't getting any better, and you don't get that pick next season yeah, to, to go get somebody you to help want. Bryce Young. You can't go get him a weapon or a stud lineman, you know, or somebody, you know, so somebody's going to like an impact player at one, or even you can trade out and, you know, and accumulate a ton of picks. They have none of those options. Right. So this one shocked me. Yeah, it's very surprising. Uh, great on you for remembering the score of that. Yeah, I don't like. I said I don't remember anything about Did it. I have that eight, one. Fifteen thirteen, Carolina. Correct. That was off the top of my head because it was the outlier game from C.J. Stroud. Right, week eight, uh, the Owen Six Panthers, their first dub, yep. uh, and we both had it. We both had uh, it. Yeah, because it just felt like the spot. You know, if you're going to get right. one, this is it. If they don't win here, they might go 0-17. I, I definitely remember <laughs> thinking that. Um, and I probably thought I was being special and had the uh, the pick that you could possibly get, and you went and took them too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, very surprising, uh, the, that firing. Um, so that brings us, let's see, to my letdown. Uh, what let, let down. me down in, in week 12? <laughs> going to be a group award this week for me. A lot of teams lost that I expected much more of this season. So I'm, sure. I'm giving this award to not just the Bills. Again, uh, I can retire it, the award for well, the Bills. it's Groundhog Day <laughs> again. And the Bills let you let me down again. It's, I, my who, letdown is the Bills too. So yeah, let's just have the Bills pity party. And you've got some other teams too to lump in with them. They should have beat Philadelphia, of course. They, they should have. The way they didn't. Uh, the Detroit Lions get smothered by Green <laughs> Bay to start off Thanksgiving. Uh, what, what the hell what was that? What was that? Uh, got the same question you did. Uh, Cincinnati, of course, has the excuse of not having their quarterback, but they got lit up in yardage by Pittsburgh. That should never happen. Cincinnati without Joe Burrow is BQD. I'm sorry. Uh, the Saints, no touchdowns and five red zone trips and losing to your Falcons. How do you let yeah. that happen? Uh, the New England Patriots, wow. Woo. Seven points. Two quarterbacks, seven points. Uh, just awful. The Cleveland Browns, every attempt at creativity that the Browns tried to have in that game against the Broncos all failed miserably, all of them. Every single thing they tried to, to create offense, including uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson scrambling and trying to create and getting knocked the fuck out. Uh, so that's how he gets accustomed to it. They, they, at least they tried, I guess, but they looked terrible. And the Clippers 
have Keenan Allen and nothing else. Um, yeah. As Baltimore just outclasses them. The Minnesota Vikings allow no <laughs> touchdowns to the Chicago Bears, as we just talked about, and still lose the game. Uh, all these teams are mid. All these teams, I thought at some points that they would be better than mid. They're all mid. Every single one of them are just mid. So they all let me down. Well, I'm going to specifically call out the Bills here. Now, this, we could call this the Bills Award this year. Because this mm-hmm. Bills team at 6-6 six and six has been a massive letdown. But we felt like they were coming back, right? They had that game against the Jets. They're, they're going into Philadelphia. Every game for the Bills right now is their season. And what does Josh Allen do? He leads that team to 505 yards of offense. And they lose. How? Now, I will tell you, in the first half of that game, not so much in the second half, but in the first half of that game, I lost count of of how many Bills plays or drives. I mean, I believe the official number was 11. But uh, every time the Bills did something positive, there was a flag. Every time. And it was getting to be noticeably bad that it felt like they were playing not only against the Eagles, but against the the 12th man that day. Um, there was some keep, there was some keep scores close going on on the field and not all of them turned out in the long run to hurt the bills. They, they had the controversial play where Josh Allen gets, well, they, they said horse collared. Did he get horse collared? I don't know. It looked like it to me, but it was to me, not only, could you call him the horse collar? You could call the old grabbing the quarterback and spinning him to the turf call, which we used to see, which I guess they just don't call anymore. Where you, If it looks violent, just call it. Apparently on that play, they just let it go, and somehow that turns into a roughing, uh, not a roughing, a, gr- a intentional grounding call. Yeah. <laughs> so that, everything was just messed up in that game. But the Bills were in control. They were up late, a late pick sort of seals their fate, lets the Eagles back in. Uh, Eagles are skating right now. They're not skating in the positive way. They're getting by right now in some games. Uh, these two in a row now with the Chiefs and with the Bills that the Eagles straight up just should have lost. Yeah. But well, we'll see. They've got the, the, the Niners uh, tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that uh, they skate on that one too. And judging by Vegas, they don't expect them to. That's right. It's very strange. A little teaser for later in the show. Um, but the Bills, yeah, to go out there, put up that effort. Josh Allen just absolutely goes crazy. 505 yards of total offense. Uh, 339 yards passing for Allen. He was also their leading rusher because right. the, ground, the ground game sucks. But he was trying to do it all. He put that team on his back, did everything that he needed to do to win, and they still lost. Um, Which, again, no matter how many Band-Aids you put on it or how much you try to spin it, they're missing half their defense. And that's pretty much why they lost. They got the drive in overtime. They got the ball first, and they go down and – just the miscommunication between Project and Gabe Davis on the third down throw, or else that would have been a touchdown that's, that's, game that's over. ball game, yeah. Um, but they still get the field goal. Now it's up to the defense to go out there and do their job and hold the Eagles down. They couldn't do it. They they had yeah. they ran out of gas. They just could not hold Jalen Hurts down at all. 
Um, so yeah, they're the Eagles are skating, but I think now that Jalen Hurts appears to be healthier, he got the bye week, and I don't think they win this game um, if Jalen Hurts isn't able to do what he did physically on that drive in overtime uh, and in the game overall. Um, and I I don't think he could have done that a few weeks ago. The way he was running, he was running differently than he ran Sunday. He, he looked a lot healthier. Um, so they got that lucky break. They got the miracle Jake Elliott 59-yard field goal to tie the game in the rain, which is just insane that he is able to make that. Um, so good on Philly. I still kind of salute Buffalo despite finding a way to lose the game because they're still clearly playing their best. They're still clearly playing top-notch football, trying to overcome all the uh, screwed-up yeah. football that they played uh, for a month and a half, um, particularly Project. He was like a different player ever since they fired uh, Ken Dorsey. Like I said, he took that personally, um, and he's playing. Um, but, but clearly the Bills defense wore out again. There's, not, there's nothing Project can do about that, you know, except take the field as an extra safety. Um, yeah, you got to put that away. They're up 24-14. Uh, they, they had all the momentum. They're playing with their hair on fire. They know that they can't lose too many more games. They know their schedule is insane. Um, so they tried like hell uh, and, and still found a way to come up short because they're the Bills. And uh, like like we said, you can retire the letdown award in honor of the Bills this year. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, they can't. Can they let us down any worse at this point? I don't know. I, if they didn't show up at all against Philly and they got beat 35-3, to 3, maybe that would be a worse yeah. letdown. I mean, I, what, what will really let me down, the ultimate letdown for me is going to be if we see any combination of these four teams in front of them right now, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indy, Houston, those teams right now are all more playoff viable than the Bills, <laughs> who would beat all four of those teams like a drum. Oh, easily. Based on talent and and motivation, they beat all of them by two touchdowns. Yeah, the the AFC is so top-heavy right now because that wild-card, quote-unquote, chase in the AFC is very weak. And that's the only thing saving the Bills right now is they need to jump ahead of Houston or Indy or Cleve, right? They they need to jump ahead of one of these teams. The only way they're going to do it is by winning – four out of these last, you know, seven games, five games, four four out of their last five, right? Yeah, there's 12 in, there's 17. Yeah, they got to win four out of these last five. They got to get to 10. Mm -hmm. That's it. They know. They know. They're they're playing like it. They should have been been one closer, um, but they're not there right now. Right. Well, that's all they can do is keep trying and and doing their best. There's very few games they would lose, giving the effort they gave on Sunday to lose this one. Right. On the road, in the rain, I mean, everything going against them, and they, they put up 34 and lose. Man. Right. Tough break. All right, my Joe. Struggling. For week 12, I'm not through with the Cowboys turkey day drubbing of the team Manderskins because Washington is struggling. <laughs> that defense, man. Ooh. <laughs> Chico Rivera may not make it to the end of the season. He's already tried to throw Jack Del Rio out there as the oh, – that's the problem. We got to get rid of him. That's the whole deal. Yeah. Already threw him under the bus. Can't blame Del Rio for that uh, on, on Turkey Day. They, uh, the Cowboys destroy the commanders in front of Dolly in the world, uh, taking turkey legs out of the Salvation Army bucket, and, and while you're up 36-10, to 10, you know what? 
that's a 360 reverse dunk in the middle of a game. It's kind of shitty sportsmanship, and it's also kind of cool as fuck at the same time. Uh, <laughs> that's had, what happens. I when had you're no watching. problems with it. I had nothing wrong with it. <laughs> uh, but that's what happens when you're when you're the Washington team manager skins. And there, there's we we talk about several teams that got coaches that are dead man walking, and this is one of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Like Chico uh, outlasted Frank Reich. Right. That's crazy. But you you just hired Frank Reich too. He, he was just you <laughs> yeah. just just started that whole regime. And, oh, I'm done. Probably, he threw, probably threw it all finish the unpacking. Right. Probably hasn't barely moved into the house. All right, get out. Get out of town. Leave Charlotte now. Uh, craziness. All right. He got fired uh, before uh, Balls of Staley. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Insane. And, and 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 again, and Washington, I mean, they put up 300 passing. I mean, Sam Howell threw for a lot of yards, a lot of empty yards. He always um, throws for a lot of yards. A lot of empty yards from that offense. But that defense is – I mean, it's becoming an like an auto start. Like, I play DFS. You auto start every – and who do they play tomorrow? Miami. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I got to tell – well, first of all, these places like DraftKings that set up their lineups, they know. Oh, yeah. They know. So those Miami options are going are, are costing a ton. They're top shelf anyway, but especially They're against top shelf a, to a bad with, defense. But now you're stacking them up against the worst pass defense <laughs> in the league by a long shot. Everybody eats against that Washington secondary. And they're going on the road to Miami. Mm, yeah, those guys. I mean, I think Tyreek is almost 10,000 salary. under. It's crazy. Uh-huh. It is crazy. And and I think I have him in almost every lineup I'm playing. Tomorrow, so. <laughs> I mean, you got to. You just got to make it work. He's he's slobbering so and, and salivating Flacco, tonight. Just thinking about you know, it. it's what you do. <laughs> right. All right, uh, you're uh, struggling. Uh, struggling. You talked about it earlier. I'm going back to the Black Friday game and Tim Boyle because Ooh. Tim Boyle reminded us why just uh, Zach Wilson was the starter as long as he was because. That was Zach Wilson could have done that, right? Man, I could. I'm have pretty done that. sure. I, I mean, I know if you look at the stat line, it just looks very meh. You know, 27 of 38 for 179 yards. 120 of those yards were Dak time, complete. Right. Dak if you were watching the game, Guaranteed. you saw how terrible he was. Yeah. Midway through, towards the end of the third quarter, his passing line, he was in. It took him a long time before he even got over the 50 yard mark, and that was. <laughs> either right at the end of or the beginning of end of the third quarter or beginning of the fourth quarter. It was that bad all game long. That Jets offense could not move. Uh, they couldn't run 29 yards rushing. You have Brees Hall and the corpse of Dalvin Cook, and you can only get 29 yards rushing. It was, it was really ugly. And Miami's defense is not earth-shattering. No, Those but they were the standing there Bears in the box waiting two. for them to run because they knew this idiot yeah. couldn't throw the ball. <laughs> Those are not, yeah, you had 11 in the box. Yes. <laughs> Those were not the 2,000 Ravens. Uh, no, uh, that was terrible. Uh, Robert Sala clearly has no clue, Vince, how to get them jump-started. They were all in on Aaron Rodgers. That was their guy. They were going all the way with Aaron Rodgers. He got them four plays. 
and now we're seeing the results of that, and you get starts like that. Your first ever Black Friday game, and it was an absolute drubbing, uh, and I'm glad I locked it up. <laughs> yeah, Rogers going down is making a lot of guys look really, really bad. It's making it is. Zach Wilson look terrible because he didn't think he was going to have to start at all this yeah. year, and making Tim Boyle look terrible. It's making Nathaniel Hackett look terrible. Everybody around them, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, everybody that came in is basically looking like shit because Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to stay on the field longer than four plays. Um, and Aaron Rodgers does the best thing that he does, which is make himself look like a tool all the time because he keeps talking about, I'm almost there. I'm getting into practice. I'm, well, yeah, I, I feel time, like I'll be ready in a few comes weeks. Back, yeah. it does, well, first of all, you'd be dumb to bring him back. Why would you risk your asset at all this season? You're not going anywhere. So he's not playing. I don't feel like it's in the Jets' uh, purview to make that call anymore. It feels like the Jets are owned by Aaron Rodgers now. Okay. He he owns two teams now. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. The Bears and the Jets, correct. The Bears and the Jets. (laughs) I think he's calling all the shots right now. If he wants to play, he's going to play, whether he should or not. And he definitely shouldn't, by the way. Yeah. I'm no doctor, but uh, he just tore his Achilles like, couple days ago just sit down sit down yeah. you'll be okay it's, take a break it's all right if you take can, a yeah. break it's okay we don't you need you play, back right. we don't need you in the news no. you lost your whole season we'll see you next year right and you'll be on that same turf so you can blow the other achilles oh no i wish that on him well actually he's a tool so yeah go ahead all right i did my danielle so the only thing left is for you to say i'm going off the field. Back to All Thanksgiving. Right. What was... Okay. <laughs> Jack Harlow and Dolly Parton. Uh, first of all, I don't know what the hell that Jack Harlow halftime show was where the production value in that was looked like him singing with a bunch of white hefty bags flowing around him. Don't know what that was. And then whatever that was that we got at halftime of the Cowboys game, like you can't the like you can't scrub your eyes clean like you can't even deal wool your eyes because it's still seared into your brain we we shouldn't be seeing 80 year old women <laughs> uh, do, do, what, doing anything like that in Dallas Cowboy cheerleader outfits. And then to top all that off, I'm going to also throw an honorary mention onto this one for what I'm going to call Turkey Gate. Turkey Gate. Turkey Gate, because Jordan Love did not get his turkey on Thanksgiving. And there are multiple sort of conspiracy theories about did it get lost? Um, Was it the turkey that Greg Olson was mutilating <laughs> uh, during the, if you saw that, uh, maybe yeah. we didn't know if that was the turkey, you know, he's up there finger banging the turkey. We didn't know if that's what was supposed to be going on. Was that supposed to be the one that went to Jordan Lamb? But Jordan Love did not get his turkey leg. I wasn't even aware of the controversy. And yeah, because every year it's the Madden ceremonial sure. turducken. You get your turkey leg after the after you win the game and the Packers didn't get theirs. <laughs> so, not not a good off the field Thanksgiving for halftime acts or turkeys. <laughs> um, the Jack Harlow thing was funny because that was uh, 
Skinner classical grade school level of production value. Man, uh, was whatever that was. The Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> it's right. Uh, the Dolly thing was it, it was kind of great it was definitely weird to, to see a weird. 77 year old doing that but it was kind of awesome because I don't think there's many 77 year olds that could look even that good pulling that off so uh, kudos to Dolly as far as I'm concerned but uh, yeah in general we probably shouldn't be seeing that uh, but if anyone can pull it off it's Dolly uh, i didn't really stick around for much of the actual performing of the, uh, of the songs. I saw the, the Jack Harlow set up and I turned to go get some food. And yeah. I saw the Dolly set up and said, Oh, look at Dolly. Check her out. And I turned to get some more food. Um, I guess she was singing like we are the champions or something while wearing I, a Cowboys. Uh, did the Cowboys pay her to do all of that? that kinda, I, I, I don't know. feels like I, a I propaganda I, set as far as that goes. I don't know who came up with it. Whose idea that was? Like, hey, let's put her in a cowboy cheerleader getup. Yeah. Uh, again, very few seventy-seven-year-olds could even pull it off. So just we were even marveling at, at, at J Lo and Shakira because they're pushing fitty, you know, uh, for doing what they did during that halftime show. I, I don't want to see either one of them at seventy-seven doing a do. <laughs> uh, morbidly, I might be kind of interested just to see what it would look like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Morbid curiosity should not be what we want for our halftime shows. Uh, no, it shouldn't. But I mean, but, but what's the alternative? A, another hip hop act to, to join with with Jack Harlow? I mean, you know, what, what else are you going to do? Either that or Creed. It's you know. Oh. I, I think I'd rather take Dolly over any of those options. So. Yeah. But yeah, kind of a WTF all around. So I, I understand that. I'm with you there. Uh, we have a very short week 13 to uh, preview, so we're probably going to have another early ending to our show. Uh, I say that, and then we'll find a way to ramble on and talk about other things. I'm sure we'll get into Thanksgiving uh, happenings and uh, whatever happened to, on the weekend or Thanksgiving and all of that stuff. So uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, we'll do that after I play the plugs uh, and give us a couple minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre 
and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of J and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. All right, once again, I'd like to uh, apologize for the uh, audio difficulties at the beginning of the show. I really think it had something to do with my attempt to use a new microphone, which didn't work out for me. Um, And my being discombobulated for the remainder of the show, because I'm doing it with the double hearing in the background, which is very disconcerting, but I'm powering through it anyway. Um, So now we on move on to week 13 and making our picks uh, six teams on by, as I mentioned, the Ravens, Bills, Bears, Raiders, Vikings, and Giants get the week off, which leaves us only uh, 12 games to pick for the rest of week 13. Week 13 started off Thursday night with the Cowboys defeating the Seahawks in a wild one, 41 to 35 as nine and a half point favorites, which gave us an L we both had the Cowboys covering the spread, uh, blowing out the Seahawks. It did not happen. So we'll try to rebound from that and get back on the ball with the rest of the week 12 picks. And we will start off down here in the great state of Tennessee in Nashville as the Colts visit the Titans. India at 6-5, and five, Tennessee at 4-7. and seven. Colts 4-1 uh, and one on the road this year, but Tennessee – Famously, impressively undefeated Nashville this year, and Old Southern uh, otherwise. Uh, everywhere else in the world, uh, they have not gotten the win. Uh, they will hopefully get Traylon Burks back at wide receiver. He should finally be cleared off of his dumplings. Um, Colts Jonathan Taylor had thumb surgery. He is down and down bad, and that's too bad because he had a really good game last week. Uh, four 10 plus yard runs last week for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, these two played in week five. Indy got the win 23-16 uh, to 16 in Indianapolis as Zach Moss pounded the Titans on the ground, and he'll have to do that again tomorrow. And Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback at the time for the Titans, could not lead the comeback. Of course, Tannehill not there at quarterback for the Titans. They got Mayo boy Will Levis under center. Um, the Colts are the very slight favorite minus one at the Titans. Indy's been, boy, there's, first of all, they're in the playoffs right now, as if the play, if the season ended, who would have thought that the, that the Colts, after the debacle last season with the Jeff Saturday thing and all of that, and then they draft Anthony Richardson and he has flashes and has bad games, but it seems like Anthony Richardson's play, his best play is to get hurt. So they have to go to Gardner Minshew and we've all been through Minshew mania before, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. You kind of know what you're getting with him. He's more of a character, I think, than a, than a talent. Uh, but for whatever reason, it seems to be working for them. Pittman, uh, Michael Pittman's been having big games. Uh, 
This kid Downs has been doing really good at wide receiver for them. And, yeah, Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, but then they get to go right back to Zach Moss, who was amazing before Jonathan Taylor came back. And then they were, you know, faced with this conundrum, like, well, what do we do? And, well, we just threw all the money at Jonathan Taylor, so they started phasing out Moss and bringing Taylor back. Well, I think you got to figure Zach Moss is playing right now for contracted trade value because there's no way that they're going to be able to keep or afford both of these guys going into next season. So I expect uh, Zach Moss to have an excellent game again, like he did in the last game against Tennessee, who's been, yeah, they're undefeated at home, but it feels like they haven't played at home in forever. Because uh, we haven't seen much out of Will Levis since that first game, which I say every week. And until he proves it, I'm picking against him. I'll take the Colts. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you there. Um, I kind of think this might be the week for him to do that. Uh, I think they're Colts are kind of a bad team. I know they have a winning record. I don't know how, but uh, I think it's another team for the Titans to be able to to handle at home. The you know not a real challenge, not a big time challenging team, not a team that does a whole lot of things great. Um, they'll need more from Mayo Boy to win this one. Uh, the Colts are sneaky. Uh, they're going to give them a challenge. They already beat them uh, in week five, as I just said. So maybe if Derrick Henry has another turn back the clock game in him, uh, there's another time to bring it out. Colts are only 26th in run D, so another chance to, to do some damage. Uh, Henry uh, had eight missed tackles forced last week, which led the league. So he really did turn back the clock. A uh, couple of cool PFF stats that I was able to drop there um, for that preview. Uh, Khaled El Sayed has a nice column on PFF uh, looking back at the week previous and digging up some pearls on uh, some teams that some things that they did that might be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with the Titans. I think there's another game that they can win uh, at home uh, over a team that they. They, they they should know what's coming. Uh, it's a division opponent, uh, so I think they know what to do, or what they have to do tomorrow. And I really like uh, Traylon Burks being able to come back, even if he's sort of a decoy. That should give Mayo Boy the opportunity to reconnect with DeAndre Hopkins um, and, and make some fireworks happen. That's of course we know that's the only way that he was able to have some success in his uh, first ever action uh, his first ever start was to, to hook up with with new Hopkins, and maybe Traylon Burks being on the other side will uh, afford him the opportunity to uh, connect with with Hopkins again so I'm expecting Mayo Boy to, to come by, come through and Derrick Henry to back him up so uh, we'll, we'll be heads up on that first game on to the Los Angeles Chargers going out east early uh, to take on the New England Patriots the Chargers at four and seven the Patriots at two and nine Chargers two and three on a row. Patriots haven't won a game in Foxborough. Uh, here we go with the quarterback roulette for the Patriots. Uh, we've had Mac Jones all year. He keeps getting yanked and benched during games for Bailey Zappi. And now it's Zappi's turn to get under there to start the game. And it's as desperate as he seems, probably bench Bailey Zappi for Mac Jones at some point during this game. Although what I've been reading is they got the kid Malik Cunningham uh, warming up as the number two quarterback so I think Mac Jones has been busted all the way down to uh, hold the clipboard and, and sit there uh, as a, as the emergency quarterback and, and don't do anything to, to disturb the, the proceedings young man because he's had all the opportunities you could imagine and just has not played good football at all 
that team's averaging 5.9 yards per throw, and that is terrible. Uh, I don't know which team you want to trust between the Chargers and the Patriots, uh, but the Chargers are the big favorite here. They give five and a half in New England. Yeah, this this everything about this game says you're going to make a pick and you're going to feel really icky on either side of this pick. Um, you're going to regret this pick. Yeah, no matter what, making this pick is the loser. Um, <laughs> just in general, just by actually picking this game. Uh, we only are picking this game because we pick them all. I, I cannot imagine there being a lot of money flying around on. You got to be degenerate as all hell to be putting money on this staker, unless or you've got inside info. Uh, I don't have either. I think it's too many points, so I'm taking New England in this one. It, it, like again, it feels like a lot of points. I know they're making the Bailey Zappy, Mac Jones. Come on, it's the same. It's just it's a guy. But we've seen the other side. We know Mac that the Zappi. coach, yeah, <laughs> exactly, Max Zappi. We we know that the the coach is an idiot for the Chargers. We know that they have one player on offense, which is Keenan Allen. And if you can do anything to take away Keenan Allen at all, the rest of that team isn't going to be able to move the ball. So ugh, it really feels icky. I could see the Chargers winning, maybe maybe a field goal game. This game is ugly no matter what, but I, one last time, I'll go with the Patriots. <laughs> oh, wait. Somebody wants Uh-oh. to say something. Hello. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Um, I'm doing good. That's good. You had a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. That's good. How was yours? It was great. I get to go to Chicago and see my family and had a great time and ate a lot of food. Okay, bye. Bye. Good night, buddy. Go to bed. Brush your teeth. Night. Okay. All right. I'm back. (laughs) He's getting his timing down. He knows how to get in and get out and not not linger too long. So well, I let him good. stay up a little extra tonight because one of his video games had some live event going on in it that he plays. So I told him he could stay up for that, and then he had to go. So he was actually doing really good because he was sitting behind me uh, the whole show so far. Oh. And hmm. we, we had headphones on. so Right. So I didn't have to listen to video game in my ear because it would have been no joke two feet away from me for where that other, for where that TV is. So, uh, no, he did good. So, uh, we had the exact same thoughts, uh, by the way, on this, uh, Clippers oh, okay. Patriots game. Uh, both these teams are ass, uh, but as bad as Bailey Zappi is, he might not be much better than Mac Jones and, uh, or he might be much better. Uh, we don't know. Uh, Bolts are back to inventing ways to lose like they have done in the past. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of points. I don't trust the Clippers minus five and a half either. So I will take the Patriots with you. All right. All right. Detroit and New Orleans. There's a lot of kind of meg games on the schedule this week. The, so. Yeah, some weird – a lot of weird uh, matchups too. Right, there's not a whole lot of division matchups. There's, I think, two division games, yeah. and every everything else is just kind of weird mishmash uh, matchup. So, week thirteen, weird week thirteen. Uh, the 
legendary rivalry between the Lions and the Saints. Uh, Detroit at eight and three, Saints at five and six. Detroit four and one on the road, Saints two and two at home. Lions would not have their linebacker, uh, their leading tackler, Alex Anzalone, the former Saint, uh, has a hand injury. Uh, for the Saints, Chris Olave is dumplings. Uh, he's unlikely to clear protocol. We already know Michael Thomas is on IR with a knee injury. And one of the young guns that might take their place in the receiver core, Rashid Shahid, uh, is not going to play. He's got a tie injury. So the Man. Saints are down bad in the in the receiving core. Uh, Lions are the favorite in this one on the road, minus four at the Saints. Yeah, plus the Lions are coming off an ugly loss on Thanksgiving got embarrassed by the Packers, division rival, and they get the long week here. You know, they get the 10 days to prepare, get that taste out of their mouth. I expect the Lions to bounce back big here. I'm taking the Lions. That's too many injuries for the Saints. I'm locking this one up. It's our first double lock of the year. Oh, I totally expected – I'm just – Gonna throw it out there. Couldn't lock them up this week. I totally expected you to lock up the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> no, knowing that I couldn't, but that's mm. okay. We've got our first double lock. That I can't believe we've made it this far. Right. Uh, well, we had a we had a lock off. Did we have a lock off? Or? Uh, I don't know if we had a lock off yet, where we oh. each locked up the other side of a game. Oh, I remember. Those are very no. We had a week where we crapped on each other's lock. Right, that's what, I, that's what I remember. We definitely had a week where we both crapped on each other's lock. But yeah, this is our first week where we both uh, picked the same lock, the same team to lock and say. It's wow. Sad to sad to say, but Jordan Love will be a much more daunting task than Derek Carr with this receiving core. I, I just don't think the Saints are going to do anything <laughs> through the air. They're no. Their leading receivers tomorrow probably should be Alvin Kamara and Taysom Tebow. And A.T. Perry. Watch yeah. that name. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I really think Detroit didn't know how to how to act uh, as a Thanksgiving prohibitive favorite. I, I really think that was part of that. Is they just they came out, the crowd's crazy, the, the stadium is packed, they're not used to that. Uh, they, they, they didn't handle the pressure, uh, you know, Credit to the Packers for playing good football, but I really think that was on the Lions and Jared Goff just not knowing how to handle that particular situation. Uh, I completely agree with you. They bounced back here to get the time. They got the crazy ankle-biting, kneecap-biting coach dig into them and get them motivated. I, I totally expect them to go down to New Orleans and beat the hell out of the Saints, so I'm with you yeah. on that one. All right, yeah. When you're, when you're one of these young up-and-coming teams, L's are not always a bad thing. Uh, those right. are the best. Co- those are the best coaching, uh, you know, material that you can get. Is an ugly L like that at home on national TV, and this seems to be a good coaching staff. So yeah, I, I expect this to be a multiple score game. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we both love it the same way. So let's see if we actually both got the vision correct or not. All right. The uh, another great traditional rivalry, Falcons Jets. What? Yeah, they're uh, hated rivals. Atlanta's five and six and leading the division. Is that correct? <laughs> first place. The first place, Atlanta Falcons, uh, one and four on the road. The New York Jets are definitely not in first place. They are four and seven. They are two and four at home. 
uh, one of many games that might have some uh, rain in the schedule tomorrow, along with that Patriots game and pretty much anything up out east, the Steelers game, the uh, Potato Skins game. Uh, for this one, uh, Atlanta might get their receiver, Matt Collins, back from his ankle injury. Uh, Atlanta is the very slight road favorite, minus two at the Jets. Everything about this game kept telling me, you want to take the Jets on this one. This just feels like a spot. Atlanta, they just beat their division rival. They got first place back after losing it for a couple of games. But, oh, man, the, the Jets are, what? Well, first of all, they're banged up. They're banged up in the backfield, and they're starting Tim Boyle. And that defense for the Jets is not the defense that they had early in the season. They are wearing out. Uh, I don't know if Atlanta's going to completely wear them out, but all they have to do is win by a field goal. And, yeah, I could see that. I, I could very easily see, you know, a, a 16-9, 14-10, very ugly controlled game. Arthur Smith loves these games, by the way. So I can see Atlanta coming out on a you know field goal or slightly more than that win just because the Jets are just, oh God, they're they're done. They're BQD. Uh, I concur. It's a hard time imagining Art Smith trusting Desmond Ritter to beat Sauce Gardner in the Jets. I don't think he's going to let that happen. I don't know if the Falcons can win just running, but I think that's what they're going to try to do, and I think that's their best course of action. I, I think trying it any other way would probably be inviting faster. Uh, Tim Boyle, let that happen. He's, that seems to be that bad. We'll let the Falcons beat them just running the ball. I don't see either quarterback going over 200 yards. I love the under. It should be disgusting and ugly. Uh, Cardinal Steelers um, is not a traditional but at least they played a Super Bowl against each other many years ago. It's how you know you're old when you see certain matchups and it reminds you of old Super Bowls from way back in the day. Larry Fitzgerald versus Antonio Holmes. Uh, wow. And Steelers. Yeah. Going way back. Uh, they both teams very far from those days. Uh, Arizona 2-10, and 10, winless on the road. Steelers 7-4. and four. With all those games where they get out, they'll got W's, and then last week they did the, did the thing, gained all the yards and got the win. It's amazing. Uh, Steelers 4-2 and two at home this year. For the Cardinals, uh, the receiver, Hollywood Brown, has a heel injury he's trying to work through. And for the Steelers, their safety, Minkia Fitzpatrick, is expected to return from his hamstring injury. Cards, of course, are the underdogs here, plus six and a half at the Steelers. It's a lot of points for a team that just finally showed some offensive competence uh, to be giving in the Steelers, but yeah, I'm on board. Uh, the Cardinals are really bad, and they give up the booty uh, with abandon, so I, I, I like this new-look Pittsburgh team uh, with that offense and the, the two-headed running, running back attack, even though... Jalen Warren is the more talented back than Najee Harris. Jalen Warren has had a little case of the fumbles, so they've been going to Harris. And it seems to be a 50-50 split, but they're making it work. Um, and Kenny Pickett can stay efficient against a really bad defense. And I don't see, uh, you know, Kyler Murray and the toddler uh, run getting all that much done against the Pittsburgh defense. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers. I would not be shocked if they win by seven. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much the breakdown I got is that it, I don't love the Steelers. I, it, 
the, the big question, obviously, is was the yardage explosion uh, a fluke or can they beat up a bad Cardinals D and keep that going? I'm, I'm taking the Steelers and giving the six and a half because it's six and a half. And if it was seven and a half, I might take the Cardinals. Right. That's, I mean, that's what I mean. This is like, yeah. this feels like, I don't know, 23, 16, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. I can see it. Yep. I'm with you. Well, yeah, so we disagreed on the first one. And has it been kumbaya since? including a double lock kumbaya, the real wow. kumbaya. Yeah, we disagreed on the first one. I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those weeks. And then, nope, not, not so far. All right, you gave away what you think my pick will be for this one. Uh, Miami, Washington. Uh, <laughs> hey, you the take the you you take the team Manderskins, be my guest. The 8-3 Dolphins, uh, of course, all three of their L's are on the road. They're something else at home, but they're not at home this week. They are at Washington, who is only one in four for the left, but uh, Devon H. will try again to get on the field of the Dolphins, the running back, trying to come back from the injury he tried a couple weeks ago, last few days, and had to check out again. So now he's going to come back and once again give it a go for the fish. Miami, of course, the big favorite. This is tied for the biggest spread of the week, uh, minus nine and a half at the team Mender's games. Well, Yes, the only reason this is not my lock of the week is because I locked up the Dolphins last <laughs> week. So I am absolutely giving all the points. This is the worst passing defense, one of the worst passing defenses I've ever seen. Tyree Kill, just so you know, he needs 676 yards to get to 2,000. He, he might get half them of tomorrow. them. He might get half of them <laughs> in this game. This is going – I do not want to be those DBs chasing around Oh my God, you know if 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 we we might see some garbage time stuff. I'm not saying they're going 70 here like they did against mm-hmm. uh, Denver, but even if there's a little bit of weather, this this has got that Dallas score written all over. This feels like it could be 45 to 10 or 42 to 17. This is going to be some ugly, ugly football. Washington over the top all day long, and then if they're not going over the top. They've got the fastest stable of running backs in football uh, with A-Chan and Raheem Mostert. So good luck stopping those guys tomorrow, Washington. And Tua looking across uh, at the league leader in passing, who's standing on the other sideline. Uh, that uh, should make him rich. Uh, right. Will it motivate him to light up the skins? I don't know. Um, There's another weak road opponent for the Dolphins. This is why I'm taking uh, – Washington in the points. Oh, my God. Okay. My heart. Miami, it's on the road. We know Miami's a different team on the road. Okay, true. And the weather. I'm not taking Miami with weather situation. I know the Washington defense is terrible. I'm not taking Miami on the road in weather. That that offense is like a – not like a Swiss watch because that runs great no matter what. I guess it's like – I don't even know how to describe it. It's a bad, a bad Rolex. It's it's They're still like, a Rolex, but it has to run under certain condition. It has to be just the right perfect <laughs> conditions for it to run the way it's supposed to. If there's anything a little off, uh, then it doesn't run the way it's supposed to. So I'll take all those points. I know Washington's like a, bad, but it's like a sundial, and they're going to be out <laughs> in the cloudy day, right? Yeah, it's, if the conditions aren't just right, it's not going to work. That, just like a sundial. I, I guess you're uh, very bright with that observation, so that's that's good. Uh, 
Moving on from there uh, to one of only two games still remaining this weekend between uh, teams with winning records. And very shockingly, it's Denver and Houston who both have winning records. They're both six and five. It's definitely something I wouldn't have seen coming under any circumstances, especially the way the Broncos started the season. Uh, Denver two and two on the road, Houston four and two at home. Houston has uh, receiver issues. Noah Brown did not practice yesterday with a knee injury. It's never good when someone misses practice uh, the day or two, day, two days before the game. Uh, we know Tang Dell is nur- nursing a calf injury, but I think he's still going to give it a go. And tight end Dalton Schultz has been ruled out with a hammy. Uh, in this one, cop outline, uh, Rusk and the Broncos are plus three at B.J. Stroud and the Texans. Uh, yeah. I hate to say this has somehow turned into a game. Oh, I still think there's a lot of underlying issues with, with Denver. I, I Especially if this game shoots out, I trust that Houston offense more. Uh, so at home, reeling from they, – they went to – Jack. they played Jacksonville extremely tough. Uh, even though they lost, it didn't go their way. Jacksonville clearly has that extra year of experience. They are the top team in the division. But Houston didn't just let them, you know, cakewalk. They had chances in that game. Now they've got Denver coming in there. I don't think it happens to them twice. I'm going to take Houston, although this smells pushy as all hell. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, But it should be compelling, at least. Old Russ versus new Russ. CJ's not really – uh, Russ, he doesn't really run like the old Russ, but right. I guess where I would compare him is the clutch gene appears to be there in PJ Stroud, just like uh, in old Russ. Uh, old Russ w- was unflappable uh, beyond his experience, beyond his years. Uh, he came in basically uh, playing like a, a seasoned veteran and not letting things affect him. And CJ Stroud appears to be playing that same way in his rookie year. It's been very fun to watch. Uh, Denver's defense, as could have been predicted, has been better since the Miami debacle. It would be hard to be worse. Um, great test here with, with the with the Texans and Stroud. Denver's on a five-game win streak, which seems crazy the way that they played uh, to begin the season. So, yeah. you know what? All, all praise and all credit to, to Russ Wilson, all credit to Sean Payton. I was very loud in saying that, hey, John Payton, when you gave up that 70-burger, all the criticism that you gave to Nate Hackett, he never did that. At least he never did that. So I was very loud in saying that, and I should be equally loud in saying that the Broncos have since run off a five-game win streak, and Nate Hackett never did that either. He never had a five-game win streak as a head coach, that's for sure. So got to give him credit, uh, just like I gave him the blame. Uh, should be a close one. Um, I, I guess I feel the same way that when it, if it comes down to crunch time, which offense, which QB do I trust? I, I think I trust Deshaun and the Texans a little more, even with the receiver injuries. Uh, he seems to be the type to kind of make new weapons and, and make guys out of thin air, kind of what Patrick Mahomes is doing with the Chiefs right now. Um, got a little bit of that going, so uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'll trust C.J. Stroud and the Texans, and also, if it's close, do you really want to trust the Broncos' defense, even though they've been improved? That's the same D that gave up 70 to the Dolphins. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll concur with you and, and take the Texans. 
From there, the late afternoon action. Carolina, Tampa has been moved to the late afternoon. Panthers at one and ten, and the Buccaneers at four and seven. Panthers only six on the road. Tampa two and three at home. Panthers with the new regime with the coaching change. Uh, they've already got issues, and now they'll have like no tight ends running around out there at all. They got Hayden Hurst and Tommy Turner both ruled out for this game. Uh, for Tampa, uh, Chris Godwin, the receiver, has a neck injury. He's got uh, game-time decision there that he might not uh, be able to play. Um, veterans going down on defense uh, for this one. They won't have Devin White or Levante David or cornerback Jamel Dean. They're playing the Panthers, so they probably won't need any of them. Panthers <laughs> are the three-and-a-half-point dog at the Buccaneers. Uh, we, we joke about Tampa every time we talk about them. They have one play, right? They have throw one play, throw it to Mike Evans, chuck it deep, let Mike Evans go get it. In this game, I think that's going to be enough. Um, I Usually, you know, it's intriguing taking the team that's going to have the new coach. Maybe they get the old dead cat bounce uh, and they'll be more competitive. But I look at that team, that offense, like, what do you change? It, it's terrible. You can't run the ball. Hubba Bubba and Miles Sanders are one of the worst running back tandems in football. They're tight ends who Bryce Young was actually kind of getting a little bit of thing going with, especially in the red zone. Uh, Tommy Tremble was a vulture extraordinaire this season uh, down there on the goal line. And Adam Thielen, his turn back, the clock struck midnight. Adam Thielen has disappeared. So he's in witness protection. So I don't know what Carolina is going to do. And they get to do it with a new coaching staff. Yeah, that, that, no, sorry. I'm taking Tampa and their one play. I concur. Panthers coaching clubs can't make Bryce Young any steadier. That, that whatever's going to happen, that's not going to be the end result. You, you're not going to make him uh, any sturdier in the pocket. You're not going to make him process any faster. I mean, maybe you can. Maybe there is some magic gene that a new coach can find a way to, to make him process things faster out there on the field. But I, I, I'm sorry, if Frank White didn't make him process faster. I don't know if these guys are going to be able to do anything. So. I concur. I'm, I'm thinking Tampa, given the point, it should be a sports, really. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Los Angeles Rams. Cleveland is seven and four, two and three on the road. Rams are five and six, two and three at home. Uh, we all saw Miles Garrett hurt his shoulder and have to be in a shoulder harness and sling whatever all week, but they claim he's going to be able to play. We'll see how effective he'll be. Uh, we also saw uh, DTR KCFO, Dorian Thompson-Robinson get knocked the fuck out in that last game uh, this past Sunday. So they uh, are so not wanting to go back to P.J. Walker in Cleveland that Joe Flacco will get the start at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. A real blast in the past there. Joe Flacco starting games in 2023. I don't know if. Andy Dalton was unavailable or what, but uh, there you have it. Uh, for this one, the Browns are the four-point underdog at Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I'm going to give full credit to Cleveland here because they have had quarterback issues all year. Deshaun Watson can't stay healthy. DTRs had mixed results. P.J. Walker's had mixed results. But that defense has not really wavered. Though, like we've seen with other teams, like the Jets, or they saw the Broncos last year. If you have a good defense and that offense just keeps letting you down, that defense just it, it loses steam. It can't keep you in games. And Cleveland hasn't been doing that. 
So I'm going to take them to keep this within the four. I actually kind of like this Joe Flacco thing, because I'll tell you what Joe Flacco is going to do that those other two guys didn't do. He's just going to chuck it. <laughs> That's all he's going to do. That's all <laughs> Joe Flacco is going to be out there, and I don't think he's going to care. We saw this uh, with him in his last go-round where he's he doesn't care. What's he playing for? He's just going to be back there having fun. I could see him just trying to take the top off of the Rams over and over. And it might work a couple of times. So I'm going to take Cleveland <coughs> to stay under the number. Okay. He's going to try to chuck it until uh, Aaron Donald comes sits on his head at times. Then it'll be, he won't be chucking. He'll be ducking at that point. He'll be ducking and trying to avoid uh, getting hit over and over again. Um, I can't believe Joe Flacco is – I think he's 38. He's, he's, he's been done for so long. Honestly, I think I'd almost rather call Matt Ryan out of the booth and, and get him over Joe Flacco. I, I just don't understand the move. The Rams look dangerous now with uh, Kyron Williams running crazy. I, I can't back the Browns with Flacco throwing and Miles Garrett banged up. But just, no, so I, I, I got to take the Rams and give the floor. I, I can't imagine the Browns competing in that game. All right. Niners, Eagles. Here we go. Again, the Eagles are in the main event of the weekend. How many big games are they going to find a way to just kind of backdoor their way into a victory? Or I, I don't understand how they're getting all these wins, but I keep saying that, and I realize and understand that that's not giving the Eagles the credit that they deserve when I keep saying, how do they keep winning these games? Maybe because it's a damn good team, and they're well-coached, and they're well-disciplined, and I should just say that. Vegas, as you already mentioned, doesn't really believe any of that. The 49ers are 8-3, and three, and the Eagles are 10-1, and one, and they're in the same conference, and yet somehow the Eagles are the underdogs at home, which is mind-blowing. Uh, and they're 5-0 and oh at home. Uh, there might be rain in this forecast as well. Uh, they do have defensive uh, injuries, uh, the Eagles do, on their side. Uh, their talented linebackers, Jack Cunningham, has a hammy. He's not going to play. The veteran Usher Fletcher Cox has a groin injury. He might not play. Um, and we know the uh, tight end Dallas Goddard still is not able to make it back from that injury, that arm injury that he had. Uh, the 49ers are the favorite. Again, it's kind of amazing. Uh, it has been this way and it hasn't wavered all week. So it's still, I thought it might have liquidated and got to even as the week went on. But as of right now, the 49ers are still minus three at the Eagles. Have we seen anything ever like this? I'm we have sure a we have. ten and one team at home. Yeah, against a, you know, a team traveling cross country, and you're like underdogs to them. That that to me, I mean, if that's I'm sure that's billboard material. I'm sure that you no know, Nick Sirianni is not letting his team lose sight of the fact that the 49ers are, are coming in there as favorites, you know, that this is going to be their house. But I'll tell you what, the Niners are a really good football team too. So we, we talk about the Eagles and the Niners, and the Niners I think are going to have that chip on their shoulder from losing that game last year when they lost Brock Purdy in a game where they were going toe-to-toe until he got hurt and then the – 49ers basically just ran out of quarterbacks and started the whole emergency quarterback discussion um, going into the off season because I think they really felt like they were primed to you know stick it to the Eagles and we'll never know um, 
you know, the Eagles would win that and go on to almost win the Super Bowl, and the Niners had to stew on that all off season. As much as I don't like the narrative play here of them being road favorites, I think that gives the Eagles that sort of psychological psychological edge. I also don't think that the Eagles are going to be able to dodge the bullet three times in a row. I mean, if they can go Eagles, Bills, Niners, and and somehow sneak a win out against all three, well, then just give it to them right now. They're the best team in the league. But <laughs> I think that the Niners, outside of what we talked about, those two and a half really bad games that they had uh, when Brock Purdy was hurt, they look to be rolling right now. I think they're going to give the Eagles all they can handle. And I'm going to take the 49ers. So in other words... You don't think the uh, 49ers minus three uh, is a bit of a – that they're trying to get you to take the Eagles? They, I, think they, I, I think they really are. I mean, I think Vegas is begging you to take the yeah. Eagles on this one. And if that's the case, don't take the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sucker bet at that point, right? Yeah, uh, but you got to – Stick to what you really, you know, analyze the game to, to be. You got to sort of ignore the spread in that respect and just what do you yeah. think is going to actually happen when you play it out and, and try to figure out it. Eagles just keep finding a way to win. They just keep finding a way. Now, they, they got a healthy Brock Purdy coming in. Uh, Niners coming in for revenge from that NFC title game. If uh, you already said this, if Philly conquers San Fran, what's left? Right. What, who's left for the Eagles to beat to, to prove uh, who they are and what they are? They're a damn good team. Uh, in addition, we got trash talking uh, on both sides. Uh, the Debo Samuel, the Niners receiver, called Eagles cornerback James Bradbury trash, <laughs> uh, which okay. is basically asking for Bradbury to jump on and grab the game ceiling interception out of Debo Samuel's hand. You're just begging for that. Like, how many more ways can the Eagles find a way to, to, to beat you and shut you up? Philly is like the last team you want to talk shit to because they just find W's each and every way you can imagine. And they're the underdogs? Really? I, it, it, even I'm stunned by that still as the ultimate uh, Niners lover. I'm almost, I guess, the hipster Niners fan uh, to your hipster Bills fan. I was loving the Niners before everyone else thought yeah. that they were any good. Uh, even I'm shocked that they're road favorites in this one. I'm playing the narrative. I believe the Eagles are probably going to come in saying, really? After we just beat their ass for the conference title, we just beat them for the conference title this past January. And we're that really? I'm taking the Eagles. I, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeding into the trap or I'm getting trapped. Uh, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I, I love the Niners. I love what Brock Purdy's been doing i understand 9.3 yards for a throw even better than the dolphins i'm i'm holding up my hand and i'm recognizing what the niners are and, and i'm you know telling everybody hey watch out these guys they aren't anything to fuck with man they just keep finding a, a way to put up huge numbers and, and explosive plays uh, and even i'm saying come on favorite over the eagles at home the way the eagles have just keep I, that, doing it come on yeah that's the one part of this game I don't like. I, I think I'd yeah. like this pick a lot more if it was just Eagles cop out. 
Yeah, or even. I thought by this point, I yeah. understood. I, I understood like, two and a half, three uh, in favor of the oh, Niners at the beginning of the week. I was like, really? But and I thought by this point it would have already yeah. uh, disappeared down to like close to even. No, or no this like opened at two and moved yeah. farther away. Right for the that's, Niners. So that's a little crazy to me. The, the money, so. the money is going in on the Niners. Uh, let me see how the bets are. On accord, according to yeah, I mean so apparently the line is set right because right now when I'm looking at the um, split on the betting, it's 52% Eagles, 48% Niners at that. That's I mean that's about as accurate as you can get. Sure. Okay, and I guess all I'm saying is if Hassan Reddick gets to Brock Purdy's arm again, it's going to look really stupid to have the Niners minus three for anybody. But. <laughs> Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Should be a great game. All right. Sunday night football. Patrick Mahomes, first time ever in Lambeau Field at the Frozen Tundra up there in your neck of the woods. Uh, do, do you know the uh, weather? Is it possibly snowing, not snowing? Uh, snow? No, we're supposed to have the snow showers more tonight. And I know they are right. expected to get a little bit more over by the Green Bay and in the Valley over there, but I do not believe that is going to affect kickoff. Okay. There's your, but but it's going to be, you know, like. There you go. At IMLDJTG, weather on the 8th. So possible weathery, wintry weather, uh, wintry mix, possible weather. Uh, Chiefs, Packers, Kansas City, 8-3, 5-1 on the road. Green Bay, 5-6, 3-2 at home coming off an impressive uh, road performance in Detroit on Thanksgiving morning. Uh, injuries on both sides. Chiefs still will not have linebacker Nick Bolton back from his wrist injury. They will also will not have their pass-catching running back, Jarek McKinnon. He's out with a groin injury. Uh, for the Packers, they also will not have a running back, Aaron Jones. He's out again with that knee injury. Their defense is beat up. Uh, they're trying to get uh, Savage back from his calf injury, the safety uh, Jair Alexander, the cornerback, is trying to come back from his shoulder injury. Uh, so they're trying to get healthy at the right time, which you want to do with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs coming in. Chiefs are the big favorite. They uh, give six at the Packers. Got the sense that Jordan Love has been waiting for this game for a while. Uh, this was probably one that he had circled because I think we will all never forget that first Jordan Love start that emergency start that he made against the chiefs when they zero blitzed him into oblivion. <laughs> um, and a game that, uh, that he actually saw some growth in him very late as they tried to come back in that game on the road. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to do that to him uh, tomorrow. He's, he is starting to show signs, you know, they showed something against Detroit, got themselves back into, a shouting distance of the wild card. So we'll see what they can do against the Chiefs. The back end injuries, that can be troubling, but their front end seems to be a lot healthier. They showed that against the Lions, and the Lions have a really good offensive line, and Jared Goff was under pressure that whole game. So I do think that the Packers' D-line is going to be able to make some some gains which usually can cover up some of the things on the back end. So I can see this being a close game, 
Uh, a bit of a back and forth game. The Chiefs, we, they tried it last week. They tried to come up small, and then they rallied back to cover the number late. Didn't expect them to get all the way back to cover, but I, I don't know. After getting down fourteen to nothing to the to the Raiders, that's just exactly where you want to get the Chiefs. It seems like. <laughs> Um, I'm going to actually take the Packers and the points here, um, but I do expect the Chiefs to win a close one. I got some low-scoring Denver game vibes in this one for Kansas City. Remember how terrible they played in that game out there? Yeah. I'm getting the same vibes here. You got the weather. Uh, I'm not taking that trash Chiefs receiving core uh, in the possible snow in the winter uh, in their first trip to Lambeau. Plus, Jordan Love is heating up, as you said. Yeah, I, I got the pack. I can see them winning the game. I, there's, wow. uh, I, I just do not like the Chiefs in this spot. This feels like uh, everything finally coming home to roost uh, for the Chiefs, that they're just trying to skate by and beat all these mediocre teams, even though their uh, receiving core is just not growing and not doing anything. Uh, I know Rasheed Rice has been doing better and better. Uh, I think the Packers know that too, and they'll uh, shade the coverage over and try to cut all that off and leave it up to Mahomes. And, and if he wants to use Travis Kelsey over and over, that's fine. But that seems to be something I think Kelsey is finally wearing down under, not just under the pressure of being the only decent receiver that Pat Mahomes has, but also under the pressure of everything else that's going on with his well, social life and whatnot. But also the pressure of that's you're taking a lot of hits when you're the only sure. guy, you know, these are gonna these are gonna start to accumulate on him. Mm-hmm. He's not a young guy anymore. He's not a young guy. As this year has gone on, he's getting less and less separation. He's getting less right. and less space away from these linebackers that he usually just lights up and toasts. And he was doing earlier in the year, but yeah, that and and the the whole rock star girlfriends, uh, everything is sort of slowing him down. He's he's losing a step uh, before our eyes, I think. So. Uh, I don't trust the Chiefs. I'm, I'm taking the, the Packers along. All right. I, that, I tell you what, you surprised me on that one. I thought you'd have the Chiefs all day long. Get, get that, that Bronco vibe. And remember, I was on that uh, one. I had that one. Uh, we, did we uh, both did you have, have that, that one? No. Yeah, because that, uh, that was when I was gone. That was one of the ones I had that I thought I was going to shock you with. <laughs> okay. When I was in Florida. One of the few I won while I was in Florida. Uh, you did have that one. Uh, that was my lock, yeah. by the way. So I, I really yeah. was all. No, I actually liked the Denver to win that game. That was sort of what started Denver on their streak here. <clears throat> so, yeah, we were both on that one. Uh, leaves us uh, Monday night football, which was, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously a much better, uh, more attractive game before the Joe Burrow injury. Uh, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Bengals at five and six, two and three on the road. Jags are eight and three, but all three of those L's are down there in Duval. So don't know what's going on with that. Uh, For the Bengals, we know uh, that the quarterback situation with Jake Browning, they do look like they're going to get their receiver T. Higgins back from this hamstring injury that's kept them out for the last several weeks. So that's the good news for the Bengals. Bad news is their quarterback is still Jake Brown. Bengals are the big underdog here. Uh, this is also a, the biggest spread of the week. Uh, this is plus nine and a half at the Jaguars. Yeah, I'll tell you why the Jags are two and three at home. It's because they have no home field advantage. I think we've talked about this. 
in previous weeks. This is the worst home field advantage in all of the NFL. Uh, nobody's scared going to Jacksonville. Unfortunately, like you correctly pointed out, this is Jake Browning taking the Bengals. This was Joe Burrow. First of all, if this was Joe Burrow going there, this wouldn't be a nine and a half point spread. If this was Joe Burrow taking the Cincinnati Bengals there, they'd probably be in that second half surge like they've had the last couple of seasons. And I'd probably be much more likely to take the Bengals in this spot because of that, uh, you know, negative effect on the home field advantage that that the that the Jaguars have. They just don't have one. But I can't do it. Not in this spot. I'm not taking Jake Browning. I'm not taking. I'm not gonna go with Joe Mixon or any of those guys. That's great that you're getting T. Higgins back. Uh, the Jake Browning. Who cares? They could have <laughs> Jerry Rice. You know, uh, it wouldn't matter. It's Jake Browning. Jag Jaguar squish. Yeah, Jag, Jag should roll. This is uh, part of the light schedule for Jacksonville. Now that Joe Burrow is out of the equation, uh, this is going to shape up to be uh, a heavy part of the schedule because the game after this, the Cleveland Browns, guess what? That's also now part of the light part of the schedule because Deshaun Watson's out of that equation. Yeah. Um, The other Josh Allen, uh, one more PFF stat, uh, he's starting to heat up the uh, edge rusher for the Jags. Uh, his 12 pressures uh, in Houston was the best of week 12. That's uh, that's a lot of pressures. The Jaguars starting to turn it up on defense, uh, helping out their sort of middling offense. That's kind of, you're waiting for them to explode. You're waiting for Trevor Lawrence to sort of turn the corner and start putting up some big numbers. Um, but while we wait for that, the, the defense is back for the Jags a little bit. And this is a great spot for them to continue to pick up the slack against Jake Browning and the Bengals. Uh, I will concur and take the Jaguars. Wow, we've got four minutes left in the live show. We're becoming very efficient. It's also a very short week. That's part of it as well. Uh, Very short week. But I I think as the years go on, we do get a little better and a little more efficient. So there's, there's that as well. Yeah, we're in the second year of the football party now. We kind of know we've that that we've almost got perfectly timed to an hour, which is amazing that that always seems to come in right at that one hour mark. But um, what is that? Four? We didn't disagree on many. Four or five? No, it's we, not, we had a lot of it's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like four. Four. Yeah. It didn't feel like many. It was we no. disagreed on one, agreed on a whole bunch, and then a couple at the end. That's right. I shot you with uh, taking Washington. I, I'm you probably going to regret that. Well, it's okay. I didn't lock it up, and we double locked. Uh, what was the one I was almost going to lock? I think if I didn't lock that, I think I was going to lock the uh, Buccaneers because the Panthers are just in complete disarray right now. So. Yeah, that no, that that's that's an absolute mess. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, the way you talked about it that you were going to lock up the Rams. There's another one. <laughs> In fact, uh, I had told my I had told my wife uh, she was asking me who her survivor pick should have been this week. Um, had she continued on, and I said I, I was either going to have her take the Rams or the Jaguars because we still hadn't taken the Jaguars yet. Yeah. Um, I think if it had actually gotten to crunch time, I would have gone Jags on that one. Yeah, would have been a real nice spot to, to slip them in. Like I said, biggest spread of the week. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they should absolutely roll the Bengals. And they but, get the, the break of getting them without uh, uh, Joe Burrow. But she uh, 
with a $360 pot instead. So how did that work? Does somebody came up with the idea to chop the pot and, and everyone had to agree uh, to it? So last year she was in this same thing with her coworkers and that was sort of what happened is it got down to the final two and people just decided to chop the pot. So okay. that's what's just happened this year too. Interesting. I hadn't heard of that. I, Honestly, I never heard of that before I got into poker tournaments. I never heard of the oh. the whole concept of let's get down to the end and just instead of playing it out, I'm I'm the asshole that wants to play everything out. I, I, right. I anything I get into, I get into it to win it. I don't get into it to, to chop it or tie well, at with that somebody point, else. I guess you figure, oh, we've been in this now for twelve weeks, which is one of the longest survivor runs I've ever seen. Right. Um, and it's like, well, you know, 180 bucks better than nothing. I guess. Although 360 uh, <laughs> yeah. has been a lot nicer than 180. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But still, um, yeah, I, I think that Jags this week and then next week, you know. But, boy, it just gets so tough because so many of those good teams are gone. Mm-hmm. But. Well, that, that was our uh, week 13. Now let's talk about some games in more detail. In much less detail, even less detail that we, we, we had more time. We did it in more time yeah. than we usually did. And well, and, and realistically, the first five minutes of the show were dead air. <laughs> oh, jeez. So we could have right. even had extra time. <laughs> even more time. That's true. Uh, although when it goes to when it goes to podcast form, podcast version is pretty good at cutting out that dead air at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know if they have someone doing that or if that's just a, an automated thing where yeah, it picks oh, up the dead air and cuts it out. Yeah, I think that's got to be in the algorithm or something. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all that but I don't know. Spent. Sometimes there is dead air. Like, they'll, they'll leave maybe, you know, if it's five or ten seconds, yeah. maybe they'll leave it. But if it's like two minutes like we had, uh, then they, they'll probably cut all that out. So that uh, gets us into the after show. So our uh, – are we up for a little real or fake or? Uh, sure. We can, or are you tired? Because I get it. I'm tired. I I'm I'm okay either way. <laughs> I, I am tired. I am tired. I am. This is my first, pretty much first real day off in a while because I worked extra hours. It was Black Friday weekend. Even though you're off, it's still a holiday. You know, you're not really off. You know. Um. So I completely understand if we want to call it a night, too. I'm tired, and I'm dealing with the double voice thing for two hours well, now. Yeah, and I, I can deal with it for another like your hour. Voice was, your voice was getting a little weak there at the end of the show, and, too. I could hear and my voice gave that, out for so. a second. Yeah. yeah. So no, I'm, got, I'm, I, I've got this thing going since we were on vacation. and then the week So the week before we were on vacation, I was sick. Not like horribly sick, you know, but I was dealing with something. I was fighting something. So my sleep got all jacked up. Then we went on vacation, and I don't know what it was, but I was waking up super early every day. And there was no time zone change. That was still central time. Uh, Then the clocks changed, and that just kept rolling with it. And I just, I wake up every morning at 4.30, it seems like now. Mm -hmm. And so this morning I woke up, the first time was like 3.00. I was like, oh my god, okay, go back. Try to go back to sleep. Try to go, and I did. And but I was still up super early. It's like, man, this is gonna be a long day because it's my day off. I'm up at five thirty, and it's like I got a show tonight. Um, but that's the other side of this is I've been going to bed at like 
8.30. <laughs> so this is 11 o'clock. I'm just, I'm dragging ass. <laughs> I feel you. I understand. Uh, and I'm having some of the same time zone adjustment issues still. And I've been waking up early and the Chicago trip, uh, it was fine. It's just that the end of it coincided with getting back to Memphis and, and working every day all week. Right. So, so it's I've, not I've like just been tired. Yeah, no, I hear you. So uh, Saturday was, was partying with the family and, and going over to my aunt's house and playing games and being loud and having a great time. Then Sunday comes time to get serious and make this long 10 hour drive back to Memphis It's snowing. So we had to go through that. And, uh, it wasn't snowing, you know, heavy, but it was just steady and I'm trying to navigate and I don't, I don't have the winter driving experience, of course, cause I didn't have to have a car all those years in Chicago. So I'm getting through that. So it was, it was a long drive. It was a little stressful, but we got through it. Um, and then I, you know, get back, Sunday night, just in time to go to bed and start a five-day work week. Oh, I hear and I'm you. just like, ugh. So, today was uh, okay, but I, I I took a nap. I took a very early nap because I knew I was going to need to take a nap in the middle of the day so that I wouldn't be completely asleep tonight when the show started. Um, and now right. I'm doing the show with uh, with three voices in my head, yeah, <laughs> which is not one, fun. And with, and with one eye open. So no, I get it. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put you through any more of this audio misery. Oh. So I'm I'm good calling it and uh, trying to. Uh, I want to win some of these picks. Got to get back. Uh, got to get. Got to chip away. I got you at eight. You know, I was at ten and then seven and now it's at eight. I'd like to knock another couple off of this. So. You know, this will be a small week. Uh, we only disagree on yeah. four. So. Well, I mean, I could go crazy and and cut that in half. I, that would be amazing. But I, I don't. I'll, I'll take a, a three and one or a two one and one against you. I'll, I'll take <laughs> something. Uh, you know, and a double lock, our first of the year. Yeah, about it. Put put all your money on Detroit minus four. I, I, maybe we're maybe we're both getting trapped by that one. I don't know. I don't feel like it. I don't think the Saints have a whole lot in them. I don't either. So why are they only four-point dogs, right? I think that's a reaction to last week. And I think that there's still a lot of people that the – this is recent with the Lions. Yeah. So I I could see. You know, though, it opened (laughs) – Whoa, you're dying. It opened, yeah, it opened up Saints plus three and a half, moved to what, four and a half? Or where did you have this at? Four? Uh, four, yes. Four, yeah. So I moved a little bit towards Lions, but I'm with you. This feels like this feels like a squish. Uh, what happened is I, got, I still got the main blog talk box up for somebody who's hosting the show, and there's a mute button on there. So I think I've been I've been hitting that mute button all show, forgetting that I'm not actually on that microphone. I'm on the mic for the uh, auxiliary uh, hosting oh. or not hosting, but I'm I'm on as a guest because you sure. can hear me as a host. So I forgot I need to be clicking the uh, guest mute button instead of the host mute button, and that's why uh, the big cough just came in. So I, I oh. definitely apologize for that. <laughs> it's okay. It's in the after show. Nobody. Uh, to hell with it. Right. Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> right. So I can't find it. The hell with it. All right. 
So maybe we'll get to some real or fake next week uh, as the season gets into week 14. Uh, yeah, next week is uh, – yeah, I'm good. I'm good for Saturday next week. We don't have any Saturday games yet. No, that's coming. Uh, yeah, soon. that's going to be – I think the week no. after next. Uh, no, not not in week 14. Yeah, so not week that, 14, week 15. It'll be uh, week 15. We Yeah, we get a Saturday triple header that week. Mm-hmm. So that would probably and I yeah that would I would guess be a either a Friday show and we just Twitter off our picks or we do uh, and we don't we just do the picks or do we do a Saturday show still and just Twitter our picks for the Saturday games but that's three games so yeah so, <clears throat> yeah we always do a Friday show for those. Saturday yeah, that, yeah, that feels like we... yeah, that feels like a Friday to me because after that we're getting into pretty much Saturdays till the end almost it looks like. Pretty much, yeah, except for week eighteen. Right, because week eighteen is all Sunday. I'm pretty sure. Yep, mm-hmm. that's all Sunday. Yep. So, all right. <clears throat> so it looks like uh, Friday shows after next week uh, going into the end of the year, but next week looks like Saturday should be good for Saturday for both of us and hopefully we uh, won't be quite as dragging. I think we did pretty good uh, this week, but yeah, pushing uh, the after show for we real or fake would have been uh, pushing it for both of us. Yes. All right. So we'll call it a day here. Uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed the uh, football party and we, we hung in as long as we could, but we are tapping out here. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail, the podcast, Recapping week 12 and getting you ready for week 13 in the NFL. Everybody, enjoy your football tomorrow with all these weird matchups. And hopefully we both win our lock-off. We are both huge Motown fans. Go Lions. And we will talk to you next Saturday night in much less detail the podcast, The Football Party, coming back at you.